Fall camp starts this week, so we're addressing the biggest storylines from today's episode of Locked On Longhorns. You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Steven Ngati from Fan Perspective joining me. I'm a fanatic of Fanatic Perspective on YouTube, and I know a lot of you all are as well. 34 days at the time of this recording away from Texas football. Ricky Williams days away. Steven, are you excited for some Texas football this season? I can't wait. I can't wait. 34 days away. We are right at the cusp. I am a football fanatic, as many of you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, John, for having me on again. Man, um, football is right around the corner, brother. And we can't – like like this month of August is about to fly through, I feel like. Hopefully it does. And like I said, uh, fall camp starts this week before we get to the season. Uh, a lot to address on the Texas football team. So I'm going to start off by asking you, what is the biggest question mark for this Texas football team going into fall camp? The entire defense. Literally the entire defense. Like, so, 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 John, do you know what scheme we're going to run? Are we two, four, five? Are we three, three, five? Are we a hybrid? Are we like, are we four down? I don't, I don't even know what defense we're running. That's so, a good question. I heard a lot of three, three, five smoke in the spring, but I don't know how much of that stuck, how much they retained, what they're going to be. So I'd have to say hybrid if you're, if you're asking me right now. And good, that good was with, at the time, they felt like they had O'Shawn Mathis coming in as well. So at this point, the entire defense to me is a question mark, which isn't a bad thing on the surface. That's not to say that we don't. I think people hear question mark for the whole defense since it's like, yo, locked on Longhorns. Are we going to be 108th again? Or is this going to be a disaster again? Are we going to? give up 150, 200 yards rushing to every single running back we play. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is right now, in terms of what these pieces look like and how the defense operates and what we see in terms of our base packages, what we, what some of the adjustments they've made over the offseason to generate more pass rush, especially on you know obvious passing downs, I want to see it. And so question mark rise for me is the entire defense. No, that's a good point. And you say the entire defense. Is there a unit specifically that you're looking to step up the most? I'm going to start down front, defensive line. I, in my opinion, the fastest way to get to the college football playoffs, the fastest way to put yourself in national championship consideration is your defensive line. You look at what Georgia did last year. They had the number one overall pick on that line. They had Jalen Carter on that line. They had Jordan Davis on that line. You look at what Bama had with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, who we'll see this year, right? Uh, in the in the past, you know, Britt Venables is now Oklahoma. What he had at Clemson, those years where they were competing for national championships across the defensive line. That's why Texas A&M has an emphasis of focus in their recruiting on the defensive line. It, it is not a secret at this level of football, the defensive line. Our defensive line, I felt like we were – starting to make some strides in 2020 under Chris Ash. And we 
almost I felt like, you know, for those guys and the expectation level of what they were as recruits and what I know they're capable of. I felt like that a lot of them took the year off last year in 2021. And so I'm looking to see that group and that's where alignment comes in. Are we going to have more interior guys up front in our base in a three, three, five? Are we going to have sweat with, with Byron Murphy or sweat with Collins? What is the combination? You know, you have guys like Ojimo, right? Keandre Coburn still, still there. We have all the young talent coming in an excellent class by Bo Davis, what does this group look like? Because to me, that makes football way cleaner for the linebackers and obviously our DBs who are also in, in, a, in a period of transition and some people taking on some new roles. To me, it starts up front. The people that have the most experience on the defense are in the defensive line room. Those are There's people in the defensive line room that played in the Sugar Bowl back in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. There's no more excuses for, for that particular group. So that's where I'm putting the pressure on the challenge, if you will, to step up and elevate the rest of the defense. And what, who is one player on the defensive line that you think needs to step up the most for that to become a strength on the football team as early as this season? My guy I've been challenging all off season and, and I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to tell him this directly. And he's an amazing young man. I love his family. Is Alfred Collins. It's I said time. the same. I said it's the same time. in the spring. Yeah. It's time. You have everything, all of God's gifts, uh, the length, the athleticism, the, sh- the, the natural strength. It's time to have that consistency. You know, you look at a play in the OU game last year where he gets a sack and he just, he absolutely dominates their left tackle. That has to be, that has to be a a week, a week over week thing. Right. And so there's, there's a lot of guys, but the thing, here's the thing. I can't wait on people anymore either because Byron Murphy, I know is, is going to give me a hundred percent every snap. And there's certain guys Tavondre sweat. I know a lot of people are going to jump in the comments and say, Tavondre Sweat has some pass rush elements with his massive size to give us more. But I'm looking for me, my guy to challenge is Alfred Collins. Good answer. Like I said, in the spring, uh, you know, I kind of challenged him on the podcast as well. Like you said, he has all the tools um, and I think he's going to have to step up in the interior. We talk so much about the pass rush from the edge, uh, but he can do a lot of damage from the interior. And, you know, that interior pass rush, puts a lot more pressure on the quarterback, gets the quarterback a lot more antsy than they do coming off the edge uh, around those tackles. We got a lot of interesting position battles at Texas going into fall camp. Of course, the one that's gotten the most press is Quinn Ewers versus Hudson Card. So we'll put that one to the side for a minute. What other position battles are you most keyed in on going into fall camp this week for the Longhorns? So left tackle, um, just, I mean, really, if we want to go there, I mean, the, the, the tackles in general on the offensive line, right? Because I think we now have enough guys in the room that can play multiple positions. We know Hayden Connor can play anywhere really across the line. Uh, Cole Hudson might, I mean, when camp starts next week, he might try to get some reps in at center as well uh, to try to get that backup job. And just the more you can do, the more opportunity you have to play. We've heard nothing but great things about Kelvin Banks's mentality from his teammates, right? When I hear Roshan and Bijan talk about how serious you are and the work you're putting in in the weight room and the seriousness that he he puts into his craft, 
Kelvin Banks that is, that is very encouraging, right? Like that's what we're looking for from, from those positions because we know we have the weaponry to, to really hum on offense. Uh, John, I put up a, a, a tweet this past week about Sark and Casey Thompson having in the top 10 Texas single game touchdown records, Sark and Casey Thompson already have three of them in the history of the program, right? Kansas, OU, Texas Tech. Three of the top 10 games were Casey Thompson, C. Sarkeesian games. And that's with last year's crew and last year's offensive line, right? So if we believe that with all these new weapons and we have this deep running back room and we have a, you have more arm talent in the quarterback room, it really, the onus now comes down to that offensive line as to how quickly those guys will be able to hum. So for me, that tackle battle is going to be really, really interesting because I believe Jake May- Major is probably locked in at center. Junior Angela is going to have a spot up front. And then that right guard position, you know, you could look at a Devon Campbell, young guy there, Cole Hudson, who started there in the spring game, or even, you know, kicking somebody like a Christian Jones inside that I've heard about or, or some other guys. So there's there's some versatility there, but that offensive line is, is going to be really, really interesting position battle for me. We're talking receiver depth next on Locked On Longhorns. First, a quick word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Steven, last year there was no question that Xavier Worthy was the alpha wide receiver on this football team. But now through the transfer portal, Sark has brought in uh, Isaiah Nayor. Um, an Ajay Hall, a Tariq Milton, and a lot of people are raving about Jordan Whittington, hoping that this is the season that he'll be able to play a full season and stay healthy and really show what he's capable of. So how do you see the wide receiver depth shaking out this season? For me, I think it's going to – what we kind of saw in the spring game where you had Worthy, Nayer, Whittington, if we're talking just straight-up 11 personnel, right? Um, now, 12 gets interesting. If Worthy's, Worthy's, Worthy's your one, um, but if we're talking about more so Stack or Munch, I think you'll actually see Whittington out there a little bit more in 12. Uh, also, the ability for Jet Sweep, some of the short area stuff. Jay Witt is, is a guy that also is, in my opinion, probably the highest football IQ. People, people still don't listen to me when I say this. I believe he actually has the highest football IQ. Um, on offense, potentially, when you watch the way he sits down against zone, um, the nuances in, in his route running, he's not just a fast physical football player. He's also a very, very smart football player. I think that's a guy they want to have on the field as much as possible. But the cool thing now with the depth that they have that you mentioned is they can kind of protect Jordan from himself a little bit, too. And so Isaiah Nayor, he has to be out there as your glider, your deep post guy that we also saw out of 12 personnel in the spring game. Quinn Ewers hitting that beautiful deep shot, what, 60-something yards, and stride to, to Nayer. Um, and Nayer's a guy who comes in as one of the most accomplished college football players returning at the receiver position. He's not getting the same type of accolades as worthy because he didn't do it at the power five level, right? But – if we were talking about the NFL draft and things like that, they have no problem p- pulling from places like Wyoming, as we see, you know, day one, day two, day three of the draft. 
But when you've over the last two years have a catch average of well over 20 yards, that gets gets my attention. And it's not just the deep post that he caught in the spring game. It's the comeback route that he caught where he's able to flip his shoulders and immediately get upfield. He is a glider. He's very smooth. They have so many different options. But I do think that that core group, if we're talking 11 personnel, will be worthy. Nayor Whittington in the slot. You have Tariq Milton there as insurance. That way you don't have to lean on Brennan Thompson. I think they'll be able to put things on Brennan Thompson's plate. And then the X factor is Hall. Ajay Hall is as talented as anybody in, in the whole room. Do, mm-hmm. Where do you fall on, on where we where we utilize Hall in this group? So I, I've said that when we got him, I said he might, you know, some Texas fans got mad because they love X. I said he might be the most talented uh, receiver in the room. I mean, when Saban has put seven first round NFL draft picks at receiver, maybe six or seven in the NFL. And he says a Jai Hall might be the most talented one I've ever coached when he's coached Amari Cooper and Julio Jones. I mean, that tells me everything I need to know. Um, and so you're right. I think you can use him in a lot of different ways. They've talked about how he looks like a deer um, just gliding down the field. He needs to get more technical with his routes running. So I see him a lot on the outside, similarly to what you talked about um in uh the Isaiah Nayor role you know Sark is always going to have somebody going deep um and, and I think that you know most of the time when we see a Jai Hall he's going to be opposite you know an Xavier Worthy or somebody out there you know on the opposite side I think he's going to be that boundary receiver kind of but it's going to be interesting to see how they use all of them how he uses a Jai Hall and Isaiah Nayor at the same time um you know who they're using for receiver sets just all of the different versatility that they have with the weapons they've brought in over the offseason um i think we're really going to learn a lot uh this season about the weapons we have and how sark's going to utilize them i think it's going to change game to game because there's so many options and variety there i want to add one point on hall that that i thought about as you said you just said that two things run after catch ability that's already a strength for him right now you talk about the refinement that he needs in terms of his route running Technical, all these guys need that. I mean, and and you know, shout out to Isaiah Nair. He's he's margin hooks trained. Um, and and these guys that know how to get off press coverage, know how to attack zone, how to attack man, all those types of things. I get it. He needs refinement there. However, we already know if it if we're talking about just running a drag route or running a slant, he can catch that and take it to the house. Like we that is a strength. That's a given. He yeah. can break tackles, he has raw speed. He has stiff, like everything is in the bag for him there. The other thing that you brought up that I want to piggyback on that I think is very, very key that we really didn't have last year. You just mentioned Sark always has somebody running deep within his scheme. There's always somebody trying to take that safety away. There's a purpose, right? Now, with the depth that we have, we will always have a threat live on the field. There's no more... Like, I honestly feel last year, one of the problems is when you have limited guys that can attack, the defense is also aware of your personnel, correct? So when you don't have, when Isaiah Worthy or Xavier Worthy needs a blow and I have to put in a lesser player, now I can cheat if I'm on defense because I'm not really worried. I don't care if that guy runs me off. But if Ajay Hall's out there for Nair, my attention to detail still has to be there. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's never yeah. a time where somebody's going to be on the field that can't run, in my opinion. And we I haven't even mentioned, play. and we haven't even mentioned Brennan Thompson, who might be the fastest player on the team at that wide receiver position. And we know 
from the way that Sark has raved about him and what we've heard uh, from people that cover the team that I think he's going to have a bigger role than most people realize on this offense this year as well. Absolutely. He's going to have the thing with him is because you have good depth, you can dictate how he gets the ball and you can dictate immediate wins for him. Um, my buddy Ash on Twitter spaces talks about this all the time. Who's a high school football coach. When you have young, talented players, one of the ways to quickly develop them and get them confidence is when you give them a package, so to speak, when they get in the game, a very easy, winnable package, right? I know if I use uh, 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 orbit motion with Brendan Thompson, I throw a screen out to him and we have our two blockers out there, he's going to make money. That's that's what he did in high school. That's, that's, that is very, very easy for him, and he's able to touch the football and get easy wins, easy success, right? We're not going to be asking him to run the full route tree when he's in there. So he'll have time to develop, but also have opportunities to get the football and show his just raw speed and dynamic athleticism. So Sark mentioned that the addition of Diamante Tucker Dorsey at the linebacker position through the transfer portal would allow him to be really flexible uh, with how they use DeMar being overshone. So what do you think that looks like in 2022? It's it's going to that's one of the questions with the defense that's exciting. Overshone is such a big chess piece and shout out to him for making the preseason all big 12 uh, team. You know, he's one of those guys where we've seen more than just flashes. We've seen some periods of play where it's like, Hey, this guy can play a linebacker at the NFL level. He can be an NFL level defender with his length, his speed um, and, and, and quickness to get around blocks. The question for me there is, can he what what is that role look like for him if he's playing essentially out of the box or off the ball right so if he's is he playing buck now is he opposite Ovio Gofu where we're asking him to deal with an offensive lineman and hand placement and, and things of that sort that he's not really used to i think he's he was a phenomenal blitzer who quite frankly was not used enough when we sent him through like a gap right and and we even saw that with a block punt last year in the uh, in the OU game. So he has a lot of dynamic abilities um, and also gives you that versatility that PK looks for, for that position to drop into coverage. Uh, that's a strength of his. I think what Tucker Dorsey gives you, though, is you now have him and Jalen Ford, two people that are traditional linebackers. They know how to take on blocks. They know how to you know, protect the A-gap. They know how to play behind defensive linemen. So some of the technical challenges we saw last year with Luke B and DeMarvion should be better technically with Jalen Ford and and, and, and DTD. Um, But that also gives us that freedom because we're looking for a pass rush. We didn't get O'Shawn Mathis. We have young guys coming in that are promising, but how much do we put on their plate? We, how many, who, who was our sack leader last year? It was like Ben Davis with like two and a half sacks. So yeah. we're looking for something. We're looking for something, John. Yeah, something, some juice in that pass rush department. And, and I thought the same thing. Um, you know, the fact that Jalen Ford and uh, Diamante Tucker Dorsey can man down that linebacker positions just allows you to put uh, Overshawn in a position to rush the passer more. And like you said, that's something that I think a lot of Texas fans wanted to see more of last season. We're going to get uh, Stevens' breakout candidates for Texas football this year, one on the offensive side and one on the defensive side. First, a word from linked 
And as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Stephen. So we know who some of the heavy hitters on the team are. Obviously, Xavier Worthy, um, you know, Bijan Robinson. We know that they're going to ball out. But every year, uh, there's a few breakout candidates that kind of come out of nowhere. So for Longhorn Nation, watching Locked On Longhorns, offensive and the defensive side, give me one breakout candidate, in your opinion, on each side of the ball. On the defensive side, just with the emphasis up front, I know we haven't we haven't talked too much about the secondary and guys like Jade Barron, uh, Keaton Crawford. I'm excited for them moving to the positions they're moving to. They're not my breakout candidate. Um, one could argue Jade Barron's already the better, the best natural DB in the room, um, and Keaton Crawford is going to give us some much needed speed and range at safety. But I just wanted to mention those guys. My breakout candidate, if we're talking about just some of the young Sun guys, would be Baron Sorrell. I mm. really like the physical development I've seen with his body. I liked his technique in the spring game. What we're looking for from, you know, from that edge position, because the the the, the more we can get back to what our defensive coordinator Pete Kukowski wants to do, the more dynamic I think we'll be as a defense. I think. He's, you know, when you have a coach that's kind of, you know, shorthanded with some of the things he could do because of personnel, that presents challenges. Well, well, Baron Sorrell, just the physical development, you know, you see the broadness of his shoulders. I also talked about earlier with wins on the plate for young players. I actually think the staff did that with Sorrell last year. And a lot of us were were a little pissed because he didn't um he didn't play more. They kind of did the whole four game thing with him, the red shirt thing. But when he got in there, you could tell they kept it simple for him, but he was able to actually play pretty fast because he wasn't thinking. So if we can get that natural development from that player, seeing what his physique looks like, I think that helps the rest of the defense play more of their natural positions. We really need somebody like that opposite of Gofu, whether it's overshown, but even against the run, right? You know, we got killed last year outside zone, wide zone, things of that sort. Somebody with that type of length and that that range on the edge can really help this football team. So defensively, I'm looking at Baron Sorrell. Um, do you want to react to that or should I go straight to offense? What do you, what do you want me to? No, you can, I, I think that's a great pick. And we talked so much about the pass rush being one of the biggest question marks on this team. So it's fitting that you said Baron Sorrell. So um, I'm going to second that. And uh, who's your offensive pick? I love Jatavian. I'm just going to go Jatavian Sanders. And that might great. be low yeah. hanging fruit. That's my guy. Um, I defended him vehemently on my channel because it is such a difficult transition having not played tight end in high school. A lot of people see him catching passes that didn't Ryan. He was really more of an X receiver there. And it, it was going to, you know, you hear him, he's a five-star player. He's the 12th ranked player in the country. And there's these big, big expectations. 
And on top of that, half of us, you know, want me being in that camp, wanted him to play defense. I think he has found a home at tight end. He seems so confident. He had a really, really great spring. The coaches, you got to pay attention to the coaches are, are, are raving about. That's why, you know, a lot of people in the comments are probably going to put somebody like a Jalen Ford as well, who's been raved about. Jatavian Sanders is a guy for me. When I heard that he's blocking at a certain level and, you know, they talk about his hands and he might have the best hands on the team, which really, really makes you go, whoa. Uh, we know he can get vertical. We know he's a just him being on the field. He's a red zone threat. That's the type of player where we will build up credibility in the recruiting department if we develop this five star into what he's supposed to be as well. So it's a mutually beneficial thing going on here. Really excited to see what we get from Jatavian Sanders. I think we're going to play a lot of 12 personnel this year. So we're talking about him and Jalil Billingsley on the field at the same time. And his blocking, uh, getting up to speed and having that level of physicality is, is enormous for this entire offense. Sark says all the time, the second most important position in his offense after quarterback is tight end. Tight end. So Jatavian is my pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm also JT Hive, so uh, no arguments there. And, and I was going to say, like you said, you know, the, the tight end position is the most important. I'm glad that they brought in uh, Jalil, who's more polished at this point. Um, but I do think, you know, eventually JT Sanders will be the number one tight end at Texas. And uh, you brought in a good point that I wasn't even thinking of. If you can turn JT Sanders, if he can reach his full potential at tight end, that's only going to benefit Sark and Texas moving forward and getting some of the top tight ends in the nation moving forward. Maybe not a Deuce Robinson this year, but those type of prospects, you know, in the years to come. Steven, I'm going to get you out of here on one last question. I'm a firm believer that championship teams are built in the offseason, not during the season. So what needs to happen between now, this is being recorded on July 31st, and September 3rd to ensure that Texas makes their first Big 12 title game since 2018? Did y'all think we were going to go a whole episode and not talk about these quarterbacks? Let's get into it. It's the quarterbacks. John, the faster he picks the starter and the faster that it's really on Quinn Ewers, because I saw a thing today from some other, you know, some of the national guys, and they were asking about uh, it was who are the two, two or three most important names in all of college football this year. I saw that. I saw that. And I remember when Quinn Ewers committed to Texas, I said you could make the argument he is the most important player in college football. And it sounds crazy, but when you really think about the context of making or breaking an entire program of Texas and what he is as a prospect, it, it, it makes sense. That's the significance of this. Last year, we played the game of playing it close to the vest right before Louisiana Lafayette. Hudson Carr wins the job controversially at the time. Remember, there was a lot of feedback and, and pushback there. I think the quicker they are able to make a decision on the starter, the quicker this team will have direction from that position. At the end of the day, Steve Sarkeesian is a quarterback guy. This offense is still – we are a run-based team, but it's going to be built off – you know, the, the 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 big plays are going to come off play-action pass and what we get from that quarterback position. The faster we are able to get the quarterback thing handled and settled long-term and ha- let this team have direction and we can go behind them, I think that gives us our best possible chance 
to make it to Arlington at the end of the season. Because two, our schedule, the way our schedule works, and this is something I'm going to get into on my channel as well. If we were playing a veteran team like Baylor, who's who returns a lot of guys on the offensive and defensive line early in the season, I'd be more concerned. We play Baylor last, which means teams like that, you should be ramped at the end of the season at home to play a team like that, right? It could be potentially a game where you play them two times in a row. Who knows, right? And so the the way the schedule breaks out as well is going to be very, very interesting. But for me, in order for us to get to where, where you just outlined, that quarterback position has to get settled sooner rather than later. All right, so I'm going to ask you to put a date on it because every time Sark is asked about it, he just says, "I'll you know, he'll know when he knows, even though most of, it, most of us think he already knows. So ideally, when would you like him to announce the quarterback starter by? So typically in spring practice, or excuse me, fall practices, there's typically three scrimmages before the opener. I honestly would like to see it after the first scrimmage. I would like to see a starter name. That would be me. They, I don't think they did it until the third, after the third scrimmage last year. Like the reps, you, we started to hear the reps were distributed a certain way and we yeah. kind of could read the tea leaves and we knew it was going to be Hudson Card. But I would like to see it really after the first scrimmage. I, Hudson Card deserves his opportunity. Don't, don't get me twisted. Um, and if, if, if it's a situation where Quinn is just not playing well, then, you can't name a starter like you got to And if Hudson's doing it, you got to go with Hudson. Like I'm not, I'm not here to be unfair to one person or the other, but if you can get it done after the first scrimmage to me, that's when I would like to see it. Steven and Gotti joining locked on Longhorns. Once again, a lot of good stuff coming up on his channel, fanatic perspective, covering the Longhorns in August, getting you ready for the season. So make sure you're subscribed once again to fanatic perspective and Steven and Gotti, one of the best voices on Longhorn Twitter and one of the best YouTube channels covering Longhorn sports. As always, Longhorn Nation, peace. We're closer to the season.